What's up? <laughs> I'm sorry. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Likes and Cash podcast. I got my good friend Dakota Robertson. So I lived with him for maybe like a month in Austin. We both left. But the guy's just remarkable, both income-wise and Twitter growth-wise. And I had to bring him here so we can rip off all things Twitter. So Dakota, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, what's up, guys? My name's Dakota, obviously. Uh, came on the Twitter scene like two years ago. Learned a lot from JK, uh, amongst other people. And yeah, grew my following to like 360,000 followers across all platforms in those two years. A lot of trial and error, a lot of mistakes. Uh, I run a ghostwriting agency right now. And uh, yeah, pretty much all about writing and social media right now. Awesome. So a little bit of context is Dakota, Dan, Co, and me, we set up a camera once in a room. We're starting to talk about how to, how to make money on Twitter. And we said at the time, we said, oh, it's just retweets. Just post something and buy retweets on it. And right before this call, Dakota and I were like, yeah, that's kind of not all of it. There's other aspects involved in it. But uh, I'd like you to talk about your take on it and what's important to grow and monetize Twitter. Yeah, so the way I look at it, there's two aspects to social media. So you need traffic, and that comes in the form that can be retweets, that can be maybe you're sending out DMs, uh, you're putting comments out there under bigger profiles. Uh, and then there's content. So that is the quality of your content. So you can get all the traffic to your profile, but if you don't have the content there or you don't have an optimized profile, then it's like I was saying earlier, it's like putting whipped cream on dog shit, right? Like you need the two, like they, they're, they're synchronized. So you need traffic, you need content. And when they come together, that's when you get the conversions. Uh, because I mean, I've noticed for clients in the past, like we've blasted stuff with retweets like a lot. But sometimes it just doesn't pop off or it doesn't convert or it doesn't get people to their offer because maybe it's the content isn't aligned with the people that are retweeting it and their audience or maybe just the content isn't consistent with their offer. So that's when you really got to get aligned on all fronts there uh, because, yeah, there's no sense pumping money into retweets if it's not going to convert, right? So yeah. Yeah. I talk about that a lot. Like retweets can make fires bigger, but they can't start them. As in like, it needs to get a little bit of traction, you know? So when I have, like when people say, should I like buy retweets on it? First thing I say is always like lights and cash. Second thing I say is make sure it has a little bit of traction before you retweet it. Do you, do you find the same that it grows fires, but it doesn't start them? Yeah. So I don't, I don't do, I don't wait for it to get a little bit of traction and then put retweets on it. What I do, I just blast it all with like retweets right away. And my thinking with this is, okay, if you know you have a shit ton of traffic going to this thread or this piece of content and it doesn't pop off, then you know, it's not a traffic problem. You know, it's a content problem and you can kind of deduct from there. Uh, that might be an expensive way to test stuff, depending on how much you're allocating to uh, retweets and all of that. Um, but I think a good, maybe happy medium would be, okay, maybe pump a few retweets or story shares, or whatever you're getting onto that piece of content, see how it does. If it's performing 
better than usual. Okay, let's allocate more. Let's double down on this. Uh, but yeah, in my experience, retweets or story shares or whatever is not going to, it's not going to be the catalyst. Like it, it's just going to give you an opportunity to start the fire, but not start it on its own, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned good content and it's hard to explain. Sometimes people ask me like, what, what constitutes good content? It's more of a feel thing for me, at least, than a thing to explain. But have you thought about like what constitutes good content? Yeah, I, th I kind of simplified to three things. It either, either validates someone, it entertains someone, or it educates someone. So like at the end of the day, like I just think that's the basic way of putting it. Um, but yeah, I, it is a big feel thing, especially with my account. Like I just, right now, I just kind of feel it out. And like, oh, I think this would be useful to someone. Or um, I think if it moves someone in, in, a, in a direction that benefits their life, whether that could be mindset or that could be uh, money or I don't know, whatever. Uh, I think that is useful. Uh, actionable stuff. I think that's the biggest thing that people are missing is actionable content. Like it may, might feel good to say uh, some like if you if you believe you can achieve, that might feel good. Um, but like, what can they do with that information? But yeah, yeah. like what like do you have kind of like. I know you said you don't really, you feel it out, but do you have like a kind of broad idea of your take on this? Yeah, for me, it's, well, if, if we define what makes up good content, right? Before I, my metric for good content was likes and retweets. Now it's mostly inbound. Like how many inbound leads I get or the quality of people who engage with it. Like um, the other day, Peyton, he's, um, he's a fitness coach on Twitter. He tweeted something as in, sometimes I don't, like reading other people because it makes me sound like everybody else. And he said he didn't get many likes, but the only guys who liked it were like Twitter genes. And I'm like, well, yeah, then, then it was a good tweet, right? Cause it kind of set, you kind of move your cause forward. So for me, the, like the metrics I measure good content by are leads, like how many, how many inbound people are you getting or just kind of how it positions yourself? Like, is this proving your confidence? And, for me, the content that does the best, it's exactly that. It's proving the confidence. Some of my worst performing content has been case studies. I've been testimonials of me posting screenshots with a link. Uh, but I measure some of that as some of my best content because it got the most leads. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the other day we were studying like people who get a ton of inbound, right? And one of them was uh, Kevil. You know Kevil, SEO Kevil? Yeah, SEO, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're looking at like out of 20 tweets, how many of those prove what he's good at? It's like 19, like almost everything he tweets is on brand. And arguably he doesn't get the best engagement, but I mean, if you're getting a ton of inbound, then to me, that's the metric, you know, really lead and lead flow. That's, that's what I like to measure it by. Yeah. One interesting one to me when I think about, cause I agree that, but like one interesting kind of outlier Maybe he's an outlier. I don't know. Dan, because he just like talks about ideas and stuff. And there's just his values and shit. Like, and he, dude, this guy sells a shit ton of, yeah. uh, of products and, and, and whatever, right? Like, he's, he's an anomaly, man. It's crazy. What, what do you think? He, he crushes it so much. Every, every week, and Dan, if you're listening to this, every week somebody tells me, hey, man, I watch your podcast in Modern Mastery. 
I'm like, God, you're, I'm getting more people from dance paid group than my free channel. Like, it makes no sense, but everybody's looking at his stuff. What, what do you think he yes. does so well? I don't, he's a, I think he's a thought leader. He has a lot of original ideas or he, uh, he's always consuming. One thing I noticed, he's always consuming content. Yeah. Uh, like he'll go on his walks or he'll be in his bedroom and like listen to a podcast or something. He consumes so much and he gets all these ideas and I think he amalgamates them. He combines them together and he comes up with these original ideas. And I think he just stands out because no one's really talking about the things he's talking about. I think he's done a really good job at nurturing his audience through YouTube. He blew off on YouTube recently. He's at like 50k subs now. Uh, his podcast, uh, all like his channels and all that. He's done a really good job at, I think, nurturing. Um, but it's crazy to me. He, he's like, yeah, he's killing it, dude. I, all my dude, all my go, all the people that fill out the go, my ghostwriting uh, form. Like I want to emulate Danco. All like pretty much eighty percent of them, man. Like I know another ghostwriter. It's the same thing. He has that question too. It's like who's playing the game? Like you want to play it? Yeah. And and then they're like, yeah, it's Dan. I when from when we lived together, one thing that surprised me about Dan is how like how hard it is him is it to get Dan to agree with an idea before he does all the do research. Remember when we were together, like we were only talking about seed oils, right? And Dan yeah. spent a month, 24 seven, reading, watching, listening, everything about seed oils. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just entertained, you know, he's, he's just talking about seed oils. I'm like, okay, bam, like it's going in, right? And, and I, and I, I was just gonna say, one thing that kind of surprised me about you too, when we lived together is, you never stop working man. every day you wake, you woke up like two hours before I used, I normally wake up and I slept on the couch, right? Cause there was no room for me. So like, yeah, well now I'm, I'm stuck in Dakota's morning routine. So I had to wake up early and then, okay, fuck, I get to work because you guys were working. And then you'll go to a cafe. You kept working. You came back to the pool, get some sun, kept working, workout, kept working. Like, that's what's surprising about you, man. I don't know how you sustain creative work for that long. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun to me, a lot of it. Like some of it, like writing for myself, I really enjoy writing for myself. When it comes to writing for clients, I'm kind of getting more burnt out on that end. Uh, but when it comes to the creating, I really enjoy it. It feels like meditation almost in a sense. And I mean, sometimes, yes, it's very grueling. And you're like, oh, God, I got to get this done and all that. But uh yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's weird. I really like getting the flow, and I really enjoy the work. And uh, yeah, like Naval says, it's like when work feels like play, you win or something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, it's interesting right. too, like how when you surround yourself around other people, you just take on their habits, whether it's good or bad, right? And especially when you're young and you're you're a dude, because you get like kind of have that good competitive nature in you, and you're like, oh shit, if he's doing that, like I gotta do that shit too, you know? Like it's it's cool. no, I know what you're reading. I know what you you got. I I I worked so much more because you guys were there. Like I didn't want to get left behind, you know? Like ah, oh, these motherfuckers. <laughs> I gotta catch up, yeah. you know? Yeah, we just worked. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, let's switch the gears a little bit. I want to talk ghostwriting because how many deep, how many ghostwriting questions do you get every, every week? 
Oh, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, it's not as much as, like, other people, because I don't really talk about ghostwriting at all on the timeline, because it's just not, I don't know, something I just talk about. Um, yeah, but, I guess. Uh, I've definitely had, like, I don't know, I'd say, like, five questions a week or something like that. Um, but, yeah. So, there's still a lot. Anyway, so, what are some mistakes you see ghostwriters make? And uh, if you're okay with explaining kind of what your offer is, if you don't want to disclose it, that's fine. But I'd, I'd like to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. So right now I got an, I, I just tailor my offer to like usually the client or whatever they want. But like my offer as advertised on my landing page is I'll get you 20,000 followers in the next 60 days uh, guaranteed. Uh, but if I don't hit that in 60 days, then I will work for free until I do plus get you an additional additional 10,000 followers uh, at no extra charge. Um, so that's, that's my offer. Uh, Holy shit, dude. That's, <laughs> I promised 10 K in 10 weeks a year ago. You're promising 20 K in six. Well, like, yeah, well, like the, my thinking is okay. Like what, uh, Hormozy says, like people pay for speed. So if you can do it faster than everybody else, you can charge more. So, I mean, Okay, if you do it in 10 weeks, okay, yeah, that's, I mean, it's easier, like, but let's say you do it in 60 days, you just write a thread a day. Like, you're just concentrating the amount of content. I mean, I'm sure you're not, in the 10 weeks, you're not doing a thread a, thread a day. So why don't we nah. just, like, concentrate the threads every day for 60 days, and if we allocate retweets, uh, because you're charging higher prices, you can charge more money, um... And you take that that budget and you allocate it to retweets, and boom, it's like it's just like kind of nonsensical that you're not going to grow them to a crazy amount in that time period, um, bro. I I grew a I grew in a guy to sixty thousand followers in thirty days. It was a really good niche, and, and he had an NFT profile picture, which really helped with like the polarization and got more uh, shares and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's like yeah, it's just logical. Like you can grow people real fast if you have one thread a day yeah thread a day oh god okay so yeah a few questions there by the way i i don't advocate so much buying retweet unless it's doing it for clients because ghostwriting is a special niche you know likes and cash but because your clients want likes then i guess it is cash from ghostwriting yeah but uh if you're just trying to get your own clients and you're not doing ghostwriting i don't recommend buying retweets because it's not fixing the issue. It's like, you need to be good at business. That is the issue. But let's talk about if anybody wanted to buy retweets. Like, what do you recommend? What do they look? What do they say? How do you buy retweets? Yeah, so one thing I've started doing is looking at people's demographic. So like, say you go to someone to buy retweets from, uh, a lot of them will have followers from poorer countries that can't afford your service. Uh, so what I will do, I'll log on to follower wonk and you got to pay like 70 bucks a month or something. Um, and you can analyze people's followers and like where their followers are from. So whenever I'm buying retweets now, I will check out these accounts and I'll see, okay, do they got a large following and like poorer countries? Okay. I'm probably not going to buy retweets from them because they're not going to be able to afford my client's services or my services. So uh, that's one big tip. Like maybe they ha might have cheap retweets, but they're not as uh, not the audience you're looking for. 
Um, yeah. Also, is like the content that that account puts out, is it aligned with uh, the the offer you want to promote? So if you're buying retweets from a philosophy account, well, maybe the people following that account aren't interested in to, uh, B2B marketing services or something, you know? So you kind of got to align the content of the person, uh, the account you're buying retweets from with your offer. Does it happen? Does it happen often that the guys you want to buy retweets from don't sell? Yeah. So like e-com is a good example. Like those guys in e-com yeah, are making so much hard. damn money. They're just like, why would I sell retweets? Like I'm just already making all this money. So no, same thing with like business too. Like there's very few business accounts that are selling retweets um, or even have like a big account that's worth buying retweets from. Yeah. Also, if you're tight with a ghostwriter and you know, he's getting results for his clients, like just ask him, man, like, Hey, I'd like to buy retweets, right? Do you have a list I can buy from? Maybe they can give you a commission when I buy from them. You know, it's yeah. like, you need to be resourceful, right? Like talk, talk to other people. Like we've had that, right? We're like, okay, what's your list? What's my list? And we'll just like, kind of help each other, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. It, yeah. That's the thing too. Like just relationships in this game is so crucial. It's just, dude, I, I get like hella good deals because just, I was friends with people and I just ask people like, oh, like what are you paying for retweets on this person? They just like double the price. Like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky, man. I'm blessed. Yeah, it happens. It but, happens. It's, it's also been kind of unfair to me, honestly. Well, unfair in my advantage, because I still get a few ghostwriting leads. And hey, are you ghostwriting? Are you ghostwriting? Like if anybody is, is like in tweets and clients, and he's a ghostwriter, I'm like, no, but you can, you can talk to them. You know, so it helps them. It's a good case study for me. It's people, this is a hard topic, but people underestimate how rigged the game is Dakota, you and I, we're big accounts. Everybody, like, it's like the bodybuilder world. You'd like to think it's all talent, but in reality, like a lot of people are just juiced up. Everybody just retweets each other. Like, it's like, tell them about it. You've seen this, yeah? Oh yeah, like that's the, the big secret is a lot of these accounts, you see a retweet on someone's account, it's usually paid for or strategic. That's what you said a while yeah. back. And like, that's totally true. But the thing is, you can rig it in your favor. Like, it's not like you or, or myself had it, like, we we're handed this early on, right? Like, we built those connections ourselves, and we, we put in the work, and we earned our spot in this place. It's not like it was handed to us. So it's like, it's like anyone can do this, man. Like, it's you just make friends, you give value to people, you become value, valuable yourself and help others out, and it's going to come back to you, right? So it's just... I think a big thing a lot of people screw up too is their small accounts, say like a hundred followers and they're hitting up like maybe myself or you and they're asking for retweets and stuff or, or like not paid for like, Hey, like you should just retweet this like at no benefit yeah. to us. And it's like, you should be making friends with people in your own kind of follower range or your own level and then grow together. And then you're going to be the next generation of all those big accounts. Right? Like it's, it's kind of just, I don't know. People are just always asking for handouts and I'm just, no, earn it, man. Yeah. You're, you're more than generous than me on that. I've seen a lot of people with small followings. Maybe they're your, maybe they're your clients and you just signed them. I may be wrong, <laughs> but I, I see that you, you are very like 
sometimes generous with the with the follow button. If you see an account that's small with good content, you'll hit a follow. Like you'll believe in them early. I've seen you do that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like if at the because I know, man, when I was starting out and I got a follow from one of those big accounts, I knew how much I was like, that's fucking sweet. Like it just really encouraged me to keep going. So it's cool to kind of give back, get back, get just following them, but like to kind of like be that person for, for other people. Um, I capped out my following at six, six, six though. Cause I think it's funny. <laughs> so I'm not really following any more people. I'm being very stingent or I'll unfollow old people <laughs> Yeah, just to keep the number at six, six, six. Cause I think it's a meme. Um, but yeah, I'm at like 300 or 400. It's just that, I don't know, man, it's the follow button. Uh, to me, it's like a big commitment. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, not sure. But um, well, it's an endorsement, okay. right? Yeah, it, it is a big one. Because then they can, I don't know, your name is associated with it. What if they are weird though, right? And they DM anyone asking them, like just outreach. And they see uh, JK follows him. And then they are weirdo. It's not that you look like a weirdo, but like you're associated to him. So it's like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I like to follow like big G's, you know, that's what, and yeah. clients, of course, which yeah, my yeah. clients are all G's. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, <laughs> I saw the red flag there, but we're back. Okay. So let's say I, I get two questions off and I want to ask you one of them. A lot of people, every two days, somebody will ask me, Hey man, do you have any advice? Cause I have trouble picking my niche. Like that's it. It's recurring. Like every two days, somebody's asking that. So let me ask you, like, what advice do you have for people who have trouble picking their niche? Yeah. So I, I, I would, I would say, look at where your interests lie and look so that like, if we were to draw a Venn diagram, so where are your interests and then where is their market demand for? So you might be very interested in golf, but if you're trying to grow on Twitter uh, and you're talking about golf all the time, maybe there might not be a big market demand for that. Maybe there is, I don't know. Um, but it's going to be hard to grow or hard to sell an offer if there isn't demand for what you want to talk about. So you kind of got to find that where the two intersect. Um, and so how do you find your interest or how do you find what you're good at or, or whatever? Uh, one way to do it is go around to all your close friends and ask them, Hey, what, like, what do you, what am I good at? What do you think? What do you think of when you think of me? Like, what, what do you think I'm skilled at or better than most at? And then usually you'll get an out, outside perspective, uh, and they'll, you get some ideas from that. Like maybe you're good at writing and you just never thought of yourself as a, as a great writer because you have the curse of knowledge or I don't forget what it's called, but there's some kind of bias where you don't see it in yourself. Um, so like writing, okay. Writing is a skill and maybe you have interest in that. There is a ton of demand for great writing, whether it's copywriting, ghostwriting, uh, any type of like social media stuff. Um, so like that's where your interest writing and the demand, market demand, that's where there's a big intersection. So I would say pursue that. Um, and there's all kinds of other skills, uh, maybe design or branding or stuff like that. Um, oh, and about then, design. Remember the guy that drew us, Dan, you and me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a guy yeah, got that's... a read through from all three because it was good oh, what yeah. he did. You know, exactly. like it's 400,000 people he, like that. And because yeah, he was 100%. good. And it made yeah. us look good. Like incentives were aligned, right? So yeah, because we made, we, cool. you and I, we both looked as tall as Dan. 
So that, that's why I retweeted it. I'm like, yeah, that is correct. That is factual. Like, it's did, you see, did you see some fucker crop the photo and made me like super short? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see it. So some dude, I posted a picture where I was walking, right? And they they put me right next to the jet where Andrew Tate is <laughs> leaving the jet. Oh god. Nobody talks about this. The, the kind of shit, shit posting you get where, where you have a lot of followers, it's funny. Yeah. It's always it's funny. awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's solid. Um, so uh, the the bias you were talking about before that's imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's something else. So like, or maybe it, yeah, I think it would feed into imposter syndrome. But like when you're when you're really good at something, um, you just assume everyone else is is good at. It. I believe it's the curse of knowledge. So if like the stuff we know about social media and growing on Twitter we can sometimes forget that other people don't have that knowledge and we just assume, Oh, everyone just knows this. It's like, it's common knowledge. Right. And you just don't see yourself as an expert in that sense. It's not that you, you feel like an imposter. You just feel like it's just like, Oh, it's just it's everyday knowledge. Right. Um, so that's a common thing with people and it helps to have that outside perspective. Um, and by the way, yeah. you don't have to be amazing. You don't have to be amazing at what you're interested in. You can teach yourself, like go on YouTube or buy books or, or take courses, whatever. Because the, the main thing is that you're interested in it. Because if you're interested in it, it's like you can, you can work for hours on hours at getting really, really good at it. And like that's the name of the game. Like if you can outwork people or you can put in more hours, put in more volume then you're just going to get really, really damn good and typically get better than most people because it's going to feel like boring, grueling work to them. Yeah. I'll say also there's people tend like that's good advice. People tend to go into the safe zone of that advice, in my opinion. So they'll say, okay, I'll just share what I learned, but it's like, they don't own it. You know, Hey, this is what I saw in that copywriting course. So I'm, I'm just sharing my learning. No, it's like, you need to share what you learned, but also like you tested it. You know, you need yeah. to own the fact that you that you've done it, right? Yeah. So I saw Apply. Nicholas Cole was talking about this on a video. He said, "Don't put sharing in your bio. Like I'm just sharing what I learned, sharing the lessons, because then it's kind of like you don't own them. You know, and you're like, yeah, this is just kind of like this fake weakness, fake humility to you. I don't know. It's just, it's just so weak, you know." Like you're not doing something like I tested it. You know, this is what happened. Even though the results aren't remarkable, at least you're showing. The other day, oh by the way, this is this is good. You might you might like it. So, you know, a good way to see what pieces of content you should be posting or what will bang is you write a, a big thread with a bunch of tips, and people will like individual tweets. But you go to the tweets that were liked the most within the thread, and you know that those are the topics you need to talk about. You know, yeah. I've seen that. And I, one of the ones that resonated the most in my audience, which I didn't expect is, uh, you know, I wrote a thread about how content creators think and how cash creators think. Somebody on, I am cat on content creators that put, I need to know everything before I post, right? And on cash creators, how they think I said, I said, I understand that even though I don't know everything, there's people before me and people after me in the journey. I write for the people before me because even though I don't know everything, 
I can still add some value, you know? So like when you're thinking about, man, I don't know everything, well, test it and then show what you learn because there's always people behind you that will get some value from it. Like Dakota and I didn't have writing experience prior to this. I don't know if you did. I didn't. Did you? I was naturally decent at it, but I was definitely not, I didn't have writing work experience. Yeah. Like, like we're learning. Right. But the thing is like own it, right. That's a big one, which is why I'm big on not being like showing your face, which is why I think the fact that you went from anonymous to personal brand was the right move because with personal brand, there's accountability and we take on big accountability. People are more willing to buy from you because you have more to lose. Like the fact that people like buy from Dakota and me, it's because if you buy from Dakota, right, he's got 150, 160,000 followers and he scams you, you lost the money. Dakota has two years of work to lose, you know, so you can fuck him up and they know that, right? So because you have that much to lose, people trust you more. Hundred percent. Yeah, Naval said something along those lines because it's you get way more leverage because of that accountability, and uh, that was like for personal experience. I had someone hit me up uh, about ghostwriters, and I referred them to a pretty big account, and they're like, "Oh no, I'm not going to work with them because they're anonymous, right?" And it's it's exactly what you said, right? Because you can't hold them accountable. They could just like screw off or whatever. So yes, there's more risk on your side when you're your personal brand but the leverage you gain is so much more because like you said they know they can fuck your reputation up if you screw yeah up. yeah which is i don't know about you but i'll if like there's any shred of that i'll just give the money back like it's not worth mm -hmm. it yeah you know 100 like, yeah whatever. yeah it's everything man yeah it, it like if you're playing it for the long long term then you need to have integrity like you look at like some of these people faking screenshots and all that on their e-com business. Like there's some guy that got called out uh, a few weeks ago. He's just done now. Like he just got banished from the shadow realm um, or like Ty Frankel or like other people. They just got banished from the shadow realm because they're just like fucking around. They found out, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it's such a dumb move. Like so short term. You have so much to lose. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let, let's use the gears a little bit. So. You're on Instagram and you're crushing it. What's the move there? Bro, like, I don't even understand it fully, to be honest. But it's like, I kind of just put the same formula from Twitter. So, like, traffic and content. And then you combine the two and it just works. So, like, I took the validated content from Twitter and I put it on Instagram. And it just, I got traffic to it with story shares. And it just blew up i think the algorithm was just really juicy at the time i think that's why i i might have done extremely well early on um but yeah and then volume too that's thing that's something i'm noticing noticing too uh i was pretty stagnant for a while for like two months uh, i know all of instagram was for a bit but that's when i was like fuck it i'm just gonna just like post every day and put in more volume and like it's just logical to think okay the more volume i put out the better I'm going to get at it. And also the more reach I'm going to get because I'm just, I don't know, getting more shares and all that. So I'm going to start to grow more. And like, lo and behold, I'm starting to grow more on, on um, Instagram. Another thing is unique ideas. So if you're saying the same thing as everything else, it's like supply and demand, right? Like you're not going to stand out. You're not going to grow. But one thing, for example, behavior hack, 
uh, on Instagram, Zach, man, he's posting these animated videos of like, it's kind of like visualized value kind of um, style videos. And he has grown like 180,000 followers in the past month or something crazy because he's presenting unique ideas in a unique format. Because he's doing that, he he stands out and it's very novel to people and people want to follow novel ideas, novel people. And that's why he's grown like crazy. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's another thing too. Like your, the content and the traffic have to be on point again. It's like first principles, right? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is when I ask a lot of people, because I haven't committed that much to Instagram and I'm asking a bunch of people who are crushing on it, like you or Dan, and the answers are always like pretty much the answers I already know, but just post more and get like traffic on it. Right. It's more, it's not a strategy problem. It's an execution problem. You know, I have, I have an execution problem there and people are just not willing to commit to it, man. You know, yeah. it's like, how many times have you, how many people started with us in 2020? And then it's like, you saw their stuff and like, yeah, this is, this is pretty great. But they just never kept going. So it was like, it fell down. You know? Yeah, bro. Bro, it's crazy. You know, you're like, if you just kept going and you one post a day or something on Twitter, like that's all you need. And like, maybe you don't grow as intensely if you post a thread a day, but you're going to be able to stay consistent. Uh, and I mean, I, and also like, like on the point you said, like I will I would pay thousands of thousands of dollars to coaches. I know what to do, but I just pay for the accountability because I have this pain point. I've spent all this money on this coach or this mentor and I know what to do. They're just telling me the basic shit. Just do this, do that. I'm like, got it. But I'm paying for the accountability because usually I'm not accountable to myself or I tend to be more accountable to others when they're like, Hey, motherfucker. Why haven't you done this? It's like, yes, you're right. I'm going to do it right now. Sorry. <laughs> so it's uh, it's kind of like positioning yourself in those those areas where you can have people hold you accountable as well. That helps a ton. Yeah, which is why, I don't know about you, but I feel like people shouldn't be afraid to give everything away. Like, And I mean everything, SOPs, secrets, everything. Because then if you give out enough good lessons, people pay you to repeat the lessons back at them. You know, like for you, they're not teaching you anything new. They're just saying the same shit, but you paid for it. So now you're taking it seriously. Yeah, that's a, I like that because I, I've been trying to like figure out like, what's the line to tow here? Uh, because I, like I hear Hormozy say like, yeah, make your free shit better than their paid stuff. And then I hear like these other gurus where they're saying, well, you don't want to give too much value or else they won't buy your stuff. And it's like, well, like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> but I, I like the way you put it because like they're paying for accountability, right? I, that's, I think that's really smart. Yeah, that, that's, that's one aspect of it, but you know, the promotion thing, sell the secret, no, give away the secrets, but sell the implementation. Yeah. You know, like for me, it's, I'll, like, I'll give SOPs on how to sell by chat. Right. But, uh, for the people who join tweets and clients, it's like, oh, well just give your assistant access. And we'll train her in the exact same document you saw, but you just don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, it, it's a, it's a weird dichotomy. Colby, my wizard said the best way to sell a course is to give 95% away of it for free. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's good. I think that's how it works. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you get like break down like the, the lessons in the course and a thread or, or whatever. Right. And then 
uh, just drive traffic to them. I love that. Yeah. yeah. What is one thing about Twitter that uh, you feel like 99% of people get wrong? See, this is, this is why I fucking love the saying, like St. Cash, because it's so true. There's so many broke motherfuckers that are putting seven Google Chrome extensions that should feel illegal to use or whatever. And yes, they're getting a shit ton of traffic and likes and all that shit. But I mean, bro, like, what are, are you going to sell a course on Google Chrome extensions? Like, no, <laughs> yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, what the, like, maybe like some obscure dude, but like, come on now. Like, like, what the fuck is your account? They're just like following these trendy things and they're just saying everything. So their brand is pretty much about nothing, right? So I don't know. Like I think there's there's definitely a line to be towed where yes, you can do some of the growth hacks and all that, but also like balance it out with authority driven content where you're like you said, like you show your competence and you show that you are an expert or that you know what you're talking about in some domain that's centered around your offer. I mean, if I'm like if I'm a writing account and I'm talking about fucking google chrome extensions it's like you're attracting the wrong audience like you're attracting people that want fucking google chrome extension content when you you have a writing offer it's like it just doesn't make sense right like it's it's i don't know but there's also like something to be said about okay the network effect um of like okay maybe the people that follow you for that content maybe they have someone in their network um that are interested in writing but i mean I think people are just, I don't know, they're just screwing themselves over because they're just, they're just taking everyone in and they're getting sure quantity, but they're not getting quality. Uh, so that's why I love the saying, like saying cash, because it's so simple, it's so catchy, and it, it's so true. Like, it, it's just, it's it's so damn good. I was wondering, yeah, how no. did you even come up with, how did you come up with that saying? Because it's just so I fucking stole good. It. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I, I modified it from Butcher, Jack Butcher. He posted engagement ain't cash. I'm like, that's good, but it's too long. Like, I'm like, I'm like Justin Timberlake in the Facebook. Lose the engagement. <laughs> Drop the engagement. Just put the likes in. And then I, dude, I bought that one month in. I bought followers in cash, views in cash, subs in cash, listens in cash. I bought all of it. I got the suit of in cash. <laughs> and the funny thing is, it, it, it took kind of a life on its own because I told Likes in cash was tailored more towards accounts like you and me. Like we reached a big point in following. Uh, I, I, I can speak to myself, not, I don't know about you, but for me, it's, I, I got a big following, but then people will want with one tenth of my, my following for making 10X the money I was making. And it was kind of embarrassing, you know? And like all these thoughts about like, man, is my audience even high quality? Like do, high, do people even take me seriously, right? All those thoughts started like fill me in and I thought like, man, yeah, likes in cash. Like that was designed for big accounts, but now it turned into smaller accounts monetizing and I'm not complaining, right? But that's kind of how it evolved. You know, I, you said something interesting about network effects. People are like, I might be sacrificing network effects by not writing a hugely engaging content, but I would argue that's only half true. You're sacrificing visible network effects, retweets, likes, comments, but you're not seeing the invisible network effects of 
smaller accounts or big accounts sharing your name in their group chats. Hey, you guys check him out. Like remember bronze, right? Dude, when bronze posted his threats, like he was small account and we're all like, dude, you need to read this. Like he was small account. And then everybody was kind of just respect the bronze, like overnight, you know, you see this people, people share your names, group chats when you're competent, right? It's just that you don't see it. Right. So there's like visible and invisible network effects and the invisible makes way more money, which is just another point to like, yeah, prove your competence over Google Chrome extensions. No, I, I like that. I think that's, that's very true. And, uh, yeah, like people got the wrong metrics for success. And like, I didn't even, like, I, I, I had that idea in my head, like, but not like the way you just put it. It's like, yes, that's perfectly phrased. Like just the invisible metric. Right. Um, I've been yeah, reading this like, guy on Twitter, man, wrongs to right. He talks about how to distill ideas. Fucking G he taught me. In the shit post. <laughs> yeah, the shit. Dude, what's up? I, I ask people, what do you want me to ask Dakota? And they're like, should I put pineapple in my pizza? I'm like, what's what's going on? Like, what's the context? Bro, because I like talk about like pineapple. I'll have a list, like seven things you need to do in the morning or whatever. And I'll like have a bunch of serious points and then I'll have one point in it, like eat pineapple pizza, just to kind of have a little shit post in it. And, oh my uh, God. So it's like an inside joke. Um, but I need to start putting more authoritative, authoritative content out there. I mean, I put like actual tips and stuff, but I need to do more case studies and, and, uh, testimonials and, uh, like screenshots of shit, uh, because I, <laughs> I, I just don't do it. I think it's like kind of part of, part of me where it's like, oh, I don't want to brag or I don't want to like flex too much. I think it's just my upbringing, but I know it's, uh, I'm going to go hard when, uh, when the time is right. But, uh. Yeah, I need to start doing more case studies and shit like that. It's harder to with ghostwriting because you're just like, you can't really reveal their name and stuff or whatever. Yeah, who are your ghostwriting clients, Dakota? It's (laughs) totally fine. You can share it. It's fine. Dude, uh, this guy asked something very good uh, to you. This is for you. So he said, what should I look for in other creators? What are the nuances of studying others? I think that's good. Yeah, I think, do they, do they vibe with you? So I think there's like a lot of maybe not so much logistical, but maybe more, I don't know, emotional or like, does their message resonate with you? So for example, early on, Dan Coe's, his brand, his vibes of his brand really res his message resonated with me. So like, yes, I want to create something like that because that's, he's a very clean brand and he's, I don't know, it's just resonated with me. So I, I think that would be a good indicator. Uh, but also, is this person doing well for themselves? So I look at you, you're fucking killing it. Maybe I want to get in the writing domain or, or uh, business domain. It's like, oh, okay, JK has these elements about him and his style, his brand. I'm going to take, I'm going to emulate some of, some of that in my brand. It doesn't have to be emulating you 100%. Maybe you have certain aspects that uh, I want to emulate, maybe not entirely, but I would take some of that. And then maybe Dan has certain aspects of him. I want to emulate that. And then you like take from all these other creators and you, you bring the best elements that resonate with you. And then you, that's how you kind of form your own brand. Um, those are the first, first things that come to mind. Um, I don't know. What, what about you? What do you think about that? I like, I like to say, uh 
It's kind of, I think David Mendes taught me this. I thought that was really good. He said, provide the best content in the internet and use the dirtiest techniques to put it in front of people. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's good. It's like, uh, create a, like a super baity hook. Like Hormozzi, I think is a good example. Like if you only judge Hormozzi by the thumbnails, they're kind of baity. Like you see them, they're kind of baby, you know, you know this, yeah. but you look at the content, it's nowhere near anybody. Like it's, it's at another level. So like, I think that's a good dichotomy. Get, get people in through bait. It's like, you ever heard the story about the ham and the garlic that Hermosi says? Yeah. 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 It's like, you can't give people garlic. You need to wrap it in ham and then give them the garlic because you need to give people what they want in order to give them what they need. So to me, it's yeah. copy the hook, but make the thread something completely different, tailored to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I know? agree. I, I also think uh, there's something to be said about tailoring a content strategy toward that as well. So maybe bring them in with more basic content around your niche, and then sure, you'll, you'll bring people that are interested in that, and then give the more high-level authoritative content. It's like you're raising their level of awareness in a certain subject. So maybe like, yeah, 27 sentences about writing is super basic or 20, whatever the fucking headline is. Um, but it brings people you're that are interested in writing. This. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> but, I mean, like you're bringing people that are interested or you're calling out a demographic that you want into your brand and then you hit them with the more authoritative shit and you raise their level of awareness or you funnel them to a newsletter where you talk about more high level stuff and then you kind of tell them what they need to hear. I like it. Do you think people should focus on more basic content first and then shift to authoritative content or can they start with authoritative content right off the bat? I think you just rotate it. Like honestly, I think just do like maybe one week, do one thread on the basics then second week do thread on whatever um or you could do top you could have twitter or whatever social media is top of funnel uh do really basic stuff and then funnel them to a newsletter where you talk about more high level stuff um but i would just rotate content just kind of go high level rotate to basic and then kind of switch very interesting ryan talks about kind of a hybrid between you and me he talks about having four content pillars and talking about that content pillar per quarter, right? So it's like authoritative content, but he'll rotate and shift, you know? But it just goes to show, man, like there's a lot of people killing it on Twitter and all of them agree with like consistency, threads and authoritative content, but it's the nuances in which we all disagree, where we all kind of move our separate ways. So like if there was one way to do Twitter, everybody would do Twitter that way, but everybody's kind of figuring it out as they go, right? And then it wouldn't work too, right? Like if everyone's doing the same stuff, like it's, you're not really going to grow as much. I mean, like look at the thread, the thread writing arena now, like think about two years ago when we both started like threads, like no one was doing it really. And then now everyone's doing threads, right? So they're less effective or they're harder to, to nail. Right. So it's, uh, it's interesting how the game evolves as people, learn tactics and then you kind of have to switch gears or go against the grain in some areas. Right. Like I think video is going to slap harder. It's going to be, it should be a big part of people's uh, strategy going forward. When, especially when Twitter implements the TikTok, what a vine stuff. I think that's, what's going to separate a lot of people from these other, other uh, 
creators. So if you're good on video, I think it's gonna it's gonna kill. Yeah, if you're if you're handsome, it's gonna kill. <laughs> it works, yeah. dude. If you're chat, like, sorry, you got an unfair advantage. Play. Yeah, dude. nobody <laughs> talks about this. But um, few. Dude, we're we're a uh, few. We're getting close to the hour, man. But it was it was super fun to have you here, and uh, we talked a little bit about what you're promoting, your offers, and your profile. So would you mind letting people know where can they find you, and if there's anything to promote? Yeah, so my main platform is Twitter, and you can find me at wrongs to right, uh, W R I T E. Instagram, I'm bigger on there, but uh, that one's at uh, D K O T A Robertson. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn's boring. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so I got a new offer coming out for people that are interested in ghostwriting. I'm going to show you how to grow on Twitter, and I'm going to show you how to monetize it by growing other people on Twitter. I'm going to give you all my systems, plug and play for ghostwriting. I'm going to show you how, I'm going to give you scripts on sales calls. Uh, I'm just going to like hold your hand and show you how to build uh, a ghostwriting agency that does between 10 to 50 K a month and just absolutely kill it. Um, so that'll be launching probably January. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being here, man. And as always, it's a pleasure. So, yeah. My brother, thank you for having me. Appreciate you.